What is up, party people? Loud my ears. Ah, there it is. There it is. If I turn it down in my ears, I'm sure it's fine in your ears. Look, I'm not an audio engineer, all right? I'm just a guy with too much technology. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? My name is Sage. I am your guide through the world of anger and frustration and hopelessness. Basically, you know, everything that homelessness is, but it applies to all kinds of areas of the world. (laughs) This is the Sage Against the Machine podcast. It goes out on WMVU, Many Voices United as well. You can catch that on Saturday afternoons, WMVU, Many Voices United. Uh, Yeah, I I just felt like... Um, intro was too long. Intro was too long. I was talking to my producer. He's like, "Yeah, man, let's let's cut the intro." So there, bam, no intro. That's it. It's over. It's over. It's done. <laughs> but I wanted to have a little intro. You know, a little a little pick me up, something angry. You know. So there. Let me know what you think. You hate it. Don't care, couldn't care less. One lady said, most interesting uh, review I've ever gotten in my life was, what did she say? The biggest waste of time in my life or something like that? I'm like, really? The It was like that, not a total waste of time, like her biggest waste of time ever in her life was listening to this podcast. I'm like, wow. Either... You're very uh, effective in your existence, or this is really a waste of time. Hey, if you're watching the video, I got a new friend back here, Dan the Man. Dan the Man. He just came in the mail. (laughs) Kathy, oh, let's see. Hold on. What's up, Kathy? How the heck are you? Let me put this on the pop-out so we can look at your comments. You know, add a little excitement, a little visual interest. Oh, no, 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 no. There it is. Uh, Call Ken Hawkins. Take care of homeless people. Okay. Will Ken Hawkins take care of homeless people? Or is he homeless? I don't. If you get me Ken Hawkins' phone number, I'll call him. How about that? Let's just go with that. I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever you need. Whatever you need, I'll do it. (laughs) How the heck are you people today? Uh, It is almost the end of April. Almost the end of April. Uh, Today is April 21st. Still pretty crappy weather here in Northeast Ohio. The, uh, that's, you know, that's the worst part of winter in Northeast Ohio is like March, April, and then half of May. It's just, it doesn't end. Winter does not end, does not end. Uh, Yeah, so at any rate, uh, I got this cool guy back here, Dan the Man. Dan the Man, if you don't know who he is, he's the mayor of Akron. Uh, I'm going to be out doing... I'm going to be out doing uh, uh, speaking tours this summer, uh, listening tours, more like it actually, where I um, I want to I want to understand what's going on in the Akron uh, community, um, and I mean I'm out there fairly often, like all the time, but it's only mostly with homeless people. And that's obviously not the entire story. So I'm going to be doing a, a listening tour and some maybe debates this summer. Uh, there's some other there's some other uh, 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 people that are running in the Ackermayor primary. And I've done that before. And what I'll tell you is uh, our current mayor cannot lower himself 
to come out and speak with primary candidates. I'm sure he feels that his sacred presence at a an event would would be uh, demeaning to his position of glory in the universe by talking to us lowly dirtbags that are trying to run for mayor. He will do one he will do one debate and it is with the Republican candidate. He does that at the, what is that, the Akron Press Club. Akron Press Club charges like $35 a plate for some dry, gross chicken. And then him and the Republican who can't possibly win in Akron, he goes to debate them. Republicans can't win in Akron, okay? They can't. First of all, the number one reason is because uh, the Republican Party has betrayed Akron Republicans and has left this scene, left this scene. They they don't run for anything. Uh, the only thing they do is they do back alley deals with the Repo- Democratic Party to get some juicy contracts, and they have made judge jobs that you run for nonpartisan so they can get some of their Republican people in as judges. Uh, otherwise, it's an atrocity. It is, a, it is a, an abomination of the two-party system the way that the Republicans have abandoned Republicans in Akron. There's plenty of Republicans in Akron, but the, the Republicans have just left them hanging out here. And so consequently, now we have a monarchy with this asshole who feels like nobody can beat him. And so he just does whatever he wants and nobody will say anything because they're terrified because he's like our own little Putin. Because if you dare betray the great Dan Horrigan, they will withhold money from you and do other evil bullshit like what they did to um, Russ Neal. So Russ Neal is about the only candidate, or not candidate, uh, a, a city council person that dares, dares confront the uh, mayoral administration. There are some other independents, but they're, they tiptoe around issues and they're cowards generally, but not Russ Neal. And so what happened is supposedly during the pandemic, six women who we don't know, have never come forward. Six women in City Hall, which is run by this guy, six women said that they felt threatened by Russ Neal, apparently on Zoom. Because nobody has gone to work over there for years because of Zoom. Finally, now they're just going back. Six women who we don't know never found out who they were, accused Russ Neal of scaring them somehow. Not sexually abusing them, not sexually harassing them. They felt felt threatened by Russ Neal on Zoom. And then, so they were going to hold these hearings, and... Uh, Two people in in authority, um, who were they? The 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 the, uh, the president, who is just a shill for the 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 mayor. Um, okay, hold on. I gotta get you these people. I don't need you to. I don't want to leave you hanging. Uh, Akron City Council members. Okay. There, we'll go over here. I'll get you the council members. First of all, Margot Somerville, total, total shill. She doesn't care. Her and her family, all they care about is them getting their, theirs. That's all they care about. So it was Margot Somerville and I believe Jeff Fusco, also a total suck-up to the mayor, complete and total suck-up to the mayor. Um, we're going to hold these these um, 
uh, these private meetings with Russ Neal. Hold on. Let me make sure. Hold on. Russ Neal accusations by six women. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let's pull this up. Akron Councilman denies allegations after six women complain of hostile work environment. Okay. Uh, this was February 11th, 2022. Akron City Councilman Russ Neal is denying allegations made by six women and substantiated. Substantiated by a human resources investigation. Whatever the hell that is. That he created a hostile work environment. The investigation, which launched after a complaint was filed October 2021, concluded some of the allegations were deemed credible, noting a noticeable pattern of conduct, of interpreting, of interrupting, of talking over, of dismissing and badgering, not badgering, female city employees and unprofessional communication, according to documents. Now, we don't have any examples of this stuff. Investigation found disrespectful, demeaning behavior towards women. City Council President Margot Somerville, a.k.a. Dan Horgan's lap puppy, said a summer a female employee approached her with concerns about interaction with Neil last fall. We don't know who this woman is. The employee formalized the complaint with human resources in early October 2021. Allegations also included disrespectful uh, and demeaning behavior, which created a hostile work environment based. Now, do you know what to October 2021 was? COVID time. Nobody was in City Hall. Nobody. Least of all, Russ Neal. I think these there were workers working at City Hall. Russ Neal wasn't there. He was on freaking Zoom. Allegations were disrespectful. Either created a hostile work environment based on gender. Yeah. Because he was totally cool to the men. Have you ever seen him talk about this guy? Actually, he's very respectful to everybody, not like me. You fucking piece of shit. That's what I say to that fucking asshole. Makes me mad. You fucking, you fucker. Anyways, throughout the investigation headed by City's Human Resource Director, Yamini Adkins. Yamini Adkins, an independent consultant. Yes, six women raised concerns or complained about unprofessional communications and conduct. Yes. Why don't you file a complaint about me? You want to talk about unprofessional? By Neil through direct interactions or indirect observations. The report noted some of the complaints expressed concern that Neil is dismissive and demeaning to them compared to their observations of his interaction with the male counterpart. He loves men. He hates women. I saw it. I saw it. Fucking liars. Fucking liars. When asked, and this is the problem, because here's the deal. This hurts women. You roll out this kind of bullshit, and it's bullshit because I have not seen any. Nobody has come forward. It's anonymous women. And so you're hurting women by using these cards. I felt threatened. I felt demeaned. You, you're fucking hurting women by doing this, you pieces of shit. When asked if any man have complained, Somerville told Beacon his beer is really just a target towards a target towards women. He just hates women. He just hates women. Who said that? Who said that? I bet one of those 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 minions of that asshole back there. So I just want you guys to know. I'm equally demeaning to assholes, okay? That fucker right there is a fucking asshole. To which he says, fucking communists, I hate fucking communists. That's all he has to say. That's it. That's going to be his contribution uh, when he, like, comes out to the, 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 the debates that he won't go to. I'm bringing him. Dan the man, it's his name, Dan the man. And I will call uh, Somerville a piece of shit. All day long, because she is, she's a fucking piece of shit. Her and her daddy, who's making tons of money, actually run a funeral home. All they care about is their family. That's it. Making theirs. They're pieces of shit. Fuck. So, just want you to know, I'm not being demeaning to women. I'm just being demeaning to pieces of shit. Back <laughs> Even though this is the first time a complaint was formalized and investigated, Somerville said issues with Neil, Neil's been hot. No, 
we've had to have conversations about this before. It just got to the point where it was bubbled over. To which Russ Neal says, what fucking conversations? <laughs> Somerville said council leadership has spoken with Neal on multiple occasions for similar complaints. Those issues were never rectified. Okay, now here we go. Finally, let's hear from Neal. Denies allegations of field colleagues attest to his character. Neil, however, denies any previous conversation. He said those never happened. I've never had any of these conversations, you asshole. With council leadership on the topic called allegations leveling unsubstantiated with the political game. And isn't it convenient? The one guy who stands up to the mayor all of a sudden has allegations. Has allegations. Not Fusco, who, by the way, let's not forget, is a fucking alcoholic who uh, got a DUI in a city vehicle. A city vehicle. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Very reputable man. (laughs) Fucking assholes. With the political game, they try to dismiss someone, and they try to discredit them, and they try to defame them. I don't even know who the six women are. He doesn't even know who the six women are. How are we going to have any legitimate conversation when no one knows who the six women are? Neil says he believes the allegations are attacked by city administration to discredit him and undermine his credibility and character. Oh, don't be stupid. You're just a racist black man who hates women. Sorry, not racist. A misogynistic black man who We all know. We all know about you black men. You are scary to us women. You're scary to us women because you're evil and you're black. It scares us. Fucking assholes. (sighs) All right. uh, Now, how about this? Here's a black woman. Tara Ward 5, Representative Tara Mosley, said she's never felt bullied as a woman by Neil throughout her years on council. He's very straightforward, she said. His delivery is what it is, but to say he's bullying women and has aggression towards women, no. There's a woman that came forward. Her name is Tara Mosley, and she said, not. What happened to my recording page? Dang it. Hold on. Oh, okay. okay never mind. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so, so we have one woman who came forward. Tara Mosley, Linda Mobian, also a black woman at large, also defended her colleague. There, this is look. This is Linda Mobian. There is no one more in the independent than Linda Mobian. You know why? Because Linda Mobian's rich. She funds all of her own campaigns. She doesn't. She doesn't. I don't think she's ever asked for money. She don't need our money. Linda Mobian's rich. God damn it. Linda Mobian says it like she sees it. Okay, she's very, uh, I think she's very um, centrist. I like Linda Mobian very much, but we don't always see it eye to eye because uh, she's a little too centrist for me. For me, but who cares? And look what she says. This is nothing more than a character assassination. Mr. Neal is not a bully. He's very passionate about representing his constituents. The HR investigation was headed by a former deputy director of the city's law department. Neil has had previous confrontations with the city law department and has accused the department of not taking his request to draft his own legislation seriously. Yeah, so here's the other thing. Say you want to draft legislation as a city council member. Do you know who you go to? You go to the mayor's law department. That's all there is. City council doesn't have its own law department. So he goes, and obviously they don't like his shit because he has alternative ideas. He stands up to the mayor, and they won't draft his legislation. He's also butted heads with the mayor and council members over separation of powers and sparked debate about how much power city council should have. When I'm mayor, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to decastrate the mayor position. Castrate it. The power is going to city council. Right now, we live in a monarchy, an oligarchy, an aristocracy, a dictatorship, I prefer. 
by Dan the Man, our little baby Putin. Fucking communist, you're fucking communist. I hate you all. You're so fucking assholes. Go fuck yourselves. Vote for me in May. I'll get better at that. Just give me some time. Give me some time. I'll do it. You know. <laughs> he called, uh, he said uh, on a text message with his his hoity-toity fancy uh, mayor friends that uh, he hates, he literally said, uh, the communist wing of the Democratic Party gets all the attention. The communist wing. Probably talking about Russ Neal. I know he's talking about me. You know who us communists are? People that care about people. Literally, he doesn't even know what a communist is. Okay? Let's just we'll come back. I need you guys to remember what communism is. What is the definition of communism? Okay? A political theory, Karl Marx, advocating class war and leading to a society in which public property is publicly owned. So all the property, this is the thing, what communism is, and each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs. Publicly owned. That's what communism is. Okay? Individual people do not own land, factories, or machinery. Instead, the government or the whole community owns these things. That's what a communist is. So fucktard Dan the Man doesn't even know what communism is. There is nobody that I know, except my communist friends, who actually don't get very much press, uh, that want this, that want to take away private property. So he's a fucktard. A total fucktard. Is that? Am I insulting fucktards? Because I just realized you guys don't like me to say retards. How are you with fucktards? I think I just found my new word. Hmm. Yeah, fucktard. If I'm not allowed to say tard, anything tard, I feel like that is uh, taking away my my rights of having fun with the English language. Fucktard is not a person normally uh, designated by their mental uh, lack of mental abilities. Fucktard. Yeah, that's my word. Total fucktard. Okay, yeah. I don't think I can offend you with that. I don't think that's offensive to... It's only offensive to fucktards, and that's a fucktard, okay? That guy right there, fucktard. It's offensive to him because he is one. He also butted as a mayor over his, yeah, okay. He said he thinks people don't like the questions he's asking the city regarding city budget allocations. Yeah, you think? And other issues and chalks the investigation up to politics. City leadership takes it very seriously when we have someone who brings concerns regarding harassment. Oh, yeah, we do. We have followed up on those concerns. This has nothing to do with politics, says the other fucktard. Somerville and her daddy Somerville. I take my responsibilities to protect city employees from a hostile work environment very seriously and follow all proper steps to make sure that all employees feel safe and supported in their work environment, says Dan Hargan in a email statement. I find the claim that these allegations are attacked by city administration to reprehensible, reprehensible. It's not about politics. It's about protecting city employees. Uh, then see the city council per the recommendation laid on the investigation. Yeah, uh, includes Somerville, Fusco, and Mike Freeman, also a fucktard. All three fucktards, completely assholes, uh, lapdogs of uh, Dan the Man back here. Somerville said they will review human resources recommendations, give him a notice. His behavior will not be tolerated. What behavior? If it continues. So they'll take next time because we're moving leadership roles. Okay, so uh, the investigation also recommended Neil complete training on workforce harassment. You no longer communicate. And then he no longer communicate with city council staff on matters regarding specific concerns or questions regarding city council processes or procedures. He's not allowed to talk to city council about processes and procedures? Instead, they should all go through Somerville. Holy shit. Okay, now. There are currently three council staff members. All of them are women. So he's not allowed to talk to women. Now he's not allowed to talk to women. But hold on. 
Let me go back here. Let me just go back a little. Go back, Internet. Go back. Okay, wait. Let's see. Okay. Uh, okay. So, have they put anything here? Uh, meanwhile, I would like to point out that uh, uh, Russ Neal is the president-elect of the National Black Caucus of Locally Elected Officials, which is a big fucking deal. A big fucking deal. All right. Uh, but because he stands up to the mayor, who gives a shit? He's a scary black man. He's a scary black man. I'm scared. I'm scared of Russ Neal. I think he wants to rape me. Here we go. March 3rd. Akron.com. No, I don't want to make a volunteery. I want to just fucking read some shit. Okay. Akron City Council censures member. Akron City Council approved a resolution on February 28th meet publicly censuring Councilman Russ Neal for violation of Akron City Council rules. The resolution was passed 10 to 2 with Neal and Councilwoman Omobian voting against it. Uh, Mosley, chicken shit, absent from the meeting. My Councilman Freeman, uh, a fake Christian, said Neal has refused to meet with council leadership following an investigation conducted by the City of Akron Human Resources Department regarding allocations. Uh, he didn't want to meet with just those two people. He wanted to have a better meeting, and they refused, and they're like, you don't want to meet with us. He's like, that's not what I said at all. Freeman added that according to council rules, if the meeting is not held, council is directed to follow the route of censuring. So that's how they did it. He didn't want to meet with just two people that were his, his political enemies. Because he didn't feel like that was going to be fair. And so they're like, eh, never mind. Then we got this thing. So we'll be censuring you now. Uh, okay. So the West Side Leader got these. Their investigation opened October 6th. Conducted by Yamini Adkins, Director of Human Resources for the city. Connie, an independent human report, states the allegations include violation of city council rules, unprofessional communication and interaction with others, the allegation of badgering, disrespectful, demeaning behavior, which creates a hostile work environment based on gender. Wait till I fucking get in there and see about fucking hostility. Six female interviewees raised concerns and complained of unprofessional communication and conduct by Russ Neal and various interactions he's directly observing. Neal said he continued to have no confidence in the meeting of leadership behind closed doors. He also he never, has never received a formal written communication about the allegations against him and asked for due process. I, uh, council president, as council have had a conversation with you, Councilman Neal, regarding your mistreatment of staff, says Megar Somerville. I have had the conversation with you over the phone. That conversation hasn't left fall, to be exact, so I want to make that very clear. No, not all council leadership has reached out to you and sat down and talked to you about this issue. It was me. I called you in an attempt to pull your, your coattail, to pull your coattail so that you could fix it, change your behavior. I was giving you an, I had given, was giving you an opportunity, and that was the conversation was about. She said Neal is aware of the allegations that made him, and, uh, and he is not being truthful. Freeman added Neal's wrong in his refusal to meet counsel required by rules. He got a, uh, a Mobian said she still does not understand what violations Neal committed and would like to see an internal investigation completed about the story regarding the allegations uh, by the Beacon Journal. So this came out to the Beacon Journal before any other council members knew about it. This happened back in October, and it comes out in, like, February. Council had never even heard about this. Other business, okay, their lease agreement, whatever. So... Here's the thing. So what they did was they censured him for not going to that one meeting. They censured him for going to that one meeting. And uh, and then the allegations just disappeared. <laughs> uh, Colleen says, Sage, are you, are you are angry today? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Call Pastor Ken Hawkins. Um, so here's the thing. I'm going to tell you guys a story. So, after Christmas or Christmas Eve night, you guys transformed me. I was so overwhelmed by your goodness, I couldn't even take it. I was, um, I just was like, holy cow. I'm telling you, on Christmas Eve night, you know, I camped out. I've done it now two years in a row. I don't see why I won't keep doing it. Um, it's fun. It's not fun. It's terrifying. But it's cool. Anyways, um, 
so many people came out to bring supplies and donations and words of encouragement. I was so overwhelmed and moved by that. So overwhelmed and moved by that. And um, I had a transformation. I had a transformation. And um, I wrote this. I wrote this. I wrote, and this is in my notes that I use every day. I said, 2022, I will work on staying focused on the overwhelming goodness I see in you every day and worry less about the system that uses us and abuses us for, our own, for its own benefit. That's what I wrote after that incredibly moving thing. And I really worked on it. I really worked on trying to just focus on the goodness and focus on you because you people are so wonderful and beautiful and giving and kind and generous and, 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 um, just good. You're just good. And I really tried. I really tried to focus on just the good. But I'm here to tell you, I am not a saint. I'm not even sure I'm good myself. <laughs> why I do what I do is complicated. Let me tell you some reasons why I shelter homeless people. Let's just go down. Okay, number one is it's wrong that we don't shelter these people. I'm just like, this is absurd. This is absurd. I've got land in a total, uh, just in the hood, in, in a back alley, no one can see except uh, a bunch of old people who, many of whom are and were addicts and formerly homeless. Those are the only people that can see it. They live in subsidized housing. They pay little to no rent because they're super poor, and they have the audacity to look down on us and judge us because they got theirs. And meanwhile, uh, other people are suffering beneath them and they hate us. So fuck them. See? <laughs> How can you be like that? How can you have been homeless and hate existing homeless people? I see it all the time. Um, you are blessed by free housing in your elder years. I have brought you food. I gave a man that lived in there an electric wheelchair donated by Lori Beal. And yet you continue to judge and hate us. <sighs> See? See? So, A, I'm, uh, I'm just like, this is wrong. But then, the fact of the matter is, I need a lot of um, stimulus. Like, I'm like, I would be one of those guys that, like, you know, flies around in one of those squirrel suits or jumps out of an airplane. I need it hot. I need things. I need a lot of stimulus a lot of the time. I need a fight. I should have gone to war. I should be over there in uh, Ukraine right now taking photo videos. Uh, but, you know, I got a family. I have, I have obligations. And so I've created this this little village where I can create a, an act of protest and civil disobedience at the same time sheltering homeless people. It's perfect. It's perfect. I can give a big F you to stand the, uh, stand the man back there and, uh, well, doing good. So I am sorry. I am sorry it's me. 
up here. I wish it was Gandhi, although he loved to sleep with his 14-year-old niece. I wish it was Martin Luther King, although he loved apparently just sleep with all kinds of women. <laughs> I, the only guy that's really seems pure of spirit is um, uh, uh, Jesus. And I'm sure, quite honestly, that guy had a lot of um, probably... You know, skeleton into his closet, but you know, we whitewashed all of that away. We don't, we don't know what he was like. Some people thought maybe he was gay, and that's why he hung around with all those men. But then he hung around with that prostitute lady, and uh, so I don't know. I think he's just a player. Uh, so I apologize. I am sorry that us people that do this work are inadequate. You deserve better. You deserve heroes that apparently only happen in uh, comic books and maybe a whitewashed Jesus because, you know, the only reason, the only reason we don't have, you know, we just, we just don't know what Jesus was like. I guarantee you he was problematic. Problematic, like all of us, like all of us. I guess if you believe he was just God himself, then he was perfect. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. I don't think we'll ever know. Maybe we'll know. I don't know. Maybe we can go back in time and find out. Wouldn't that be amazing? I might go back there. I might be like, okay, can I go back and like check out that Jesus dude? I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's kind of hot and it's a desert area and, you know, it's kind of a dick. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, gonna, all right, whatever. Your choice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I am who I am, and that's all that I am. And I'm not even Popeye the Sailor Man. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I get angry. I'm sorry I swear. I'm sorry I'm trying to do better. But sometimes I have to vent. Sometimes I have to let it out. And sometimes I have to make stand-up posters of my friend. Dan the Man. Fuck you, Sage. <laughs> Dan, why are you so angry? Because you fucking communists are such fucking assholes. All I want to do is fucking make money and make everybody rich and get the fucking drug addicts and poor people out of my city. I want to make it an urban Medina. That's what I want. Well, fuck you and fuck your homeless people. All right, Dan. Well, at least we have that. I'm really looking forward to conversations with you. I hate you so much, Sage. I wish your fucking eyes would rot out of your head. Yeah, well, you know, I'll let you know if that happens. All right, yeah, fuck you and fuck all you people for fucking liking poor people. Poor people are killing our goddamn city. Fuck you, you goddamn communists. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be me. To, that's, that's it. There's too much power in the world today, ladies and gentlemen, that you can buy uh, cutouts. Photoshop and cutouts. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> it's too much power. <laughs> too much power. Too much power. All right, let's talk about something nice. So I'm sorry, Colleen. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better. That's all I'm going to say. I'm trying to be better. Uh, Annalise. Annalise says, hey, I have a box of food. Do you take food donations? I do. I do take food donations. Um, you can go, how do I write, wait, wait, call, yeah, call, yeah, Kathy says call Ken Hawkins, for sure, call Ken Hawkins, you can also come to, uh, 85 Kent Place, you can also call, go, drop off food at, uh, 85 Kent Place, yeah, in Akron, yeah, no, not Tabitha, I don't even know who Tabitha is, Place. There we go. Uh, yeah, but yeah, also call Ken, ha call Ken Hawkins. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe he's hungry. I don't know about Ken. I don't know who he is. Sounds like a great guy. Got a nice name. All right. Uh, did you see the news? One of our um, people that lives with us had a baby. Had a baby. Yeah. Had a baby. Oh, look. Oh, here, look. Look. It's They put it up on their little... Uh, here, hold on. 
Little mason board, six pounds, 12 ounces. Look at that little mason. Yeah, say so cute. I will say so cute. Yeah, why not? Okay. Uh, mason. I didn't know that was his name. Mason is a boy. And uh, Mason um, was uh, her Mason's parents are Aubrey and Cole. And they are, I think, Aubrey. They it ended up she had to have a C-section, uh, but it all came out fine. It's fine. That's what happened to my wife. She had to have a C-section with our kid. Uh, same type of thing. Like uh, they induced, and then uh, pain meds and everything slowed down. So uh, exact same situation with my, um, uh, you know, with with my uh, our group, with our group. So, uh, anyways, so, um, she, as far as I know, hold on, as far as I know, is, um, going to go through with adoption. She, I'm not going to talk much about, you know, details, um, why can't I? I want to see my comments on the interwebs, please. Come on. You can do this. You can do this, Internet. Uh, oh, there we go. Um, Omi wants to know, does she have Medicaid? I think so. I think she does. Uh, not that it matters. I'm just wondering if she has insurance to cover her care, and I hope she's able to care for her wound once she leaves the hospital. Yeah, so from what I understand, the um, uh, I'll sketch in a very brief thing. We 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 tried to move her to a to her family down in Arkansas. It did not work out. Um, I'm not going to say any more than that. I would ask you to not judge either side if you don't know the story. I'm not even sure I know the story. I've heard both sides. I've heard many sides. And so um, uh, I'm not going to comment on the situation uh, other than it did not work out. I will say that I was very proud of both Aubrey and Cole to try that. They were, went back to her birth family. Um uh, yeah, and o Omi says, yeah, that's okay. Some things aren't meant to work out. Yeah, not working out is how they work out. That's right. Um, and so an adoption agency, I believe, paid for uh, them to take a bus back here. I think it was like ending up costing like $1,000. They spent a lot of money on it. Um, and they came back here. And when they got back here, they've been staying with friends around the neighborhood. I don't believe, I know they don't currently have a tent at our place. Uh, they were just staying indoors, but around our area. Now, I believe she's going to be in the hospital for a while to get over, to recover from the C-section. And then I believe the adoption agency will be paying to put her in a hotel room for about a week. And then... Um, as far as I know, uh, they're going to come back to our uh, community. And uh, <laughs> homie said I would have drove them for half that. Yeah, I should have brought it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Omi says, yeah, C-section is a big surgery for my... So I was there when my wife had her C-section, and I watched it all. And they literally... Take your intestines out of your body. I saw it. It was crazy, 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 crazy. Very memorable. Um, and I'll, I guess I'll say this. like the, the doctor was enjoying showing me around, and he's like, oh, look, there's a cyst on her ovary. I'm like, do you want to take that off while you're in there? He's like, nah, we'll get it later. I'm like, what? I mean, it, we're over here right now. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so anyways, that was funny. Um, uh, Omi says, uh, I had a hysterectomy, and I had an abdominal cut, 
for that, and there's nothing like that that I've experienced. Walking was so painful afterwards. Yeah, I can only imagine. So, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know how. I haven't talked to Aubrey directly since her pregnancy. I've just heard, you know, she's had a lot of people take care of her and caring for her, uh, not the least of which is um, uh, Lori Beal. Uh, Lori Beal has been in communication with me and with Aubrey, and she's very, very cool. So uh, thank you for that. And thank you all. I know many of you are. I don't mean to just credit one person. She's just been the person I've been talking to. Um, so likely, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Omi says, yeah, glad somebody's getting her a room, going to the streets after that's scary. Well, that's right. So it is scary. Um, uh, I don't know that they have a real solid plan i would say planning is maybe not their greatest strength um they're really good people really great people uh very smart um just you know look they're young they're young 21 23 whatever and really no support system other than volunteers people like you you know so uh um so anyways, I'll let you know. I'll keep you up to date on how all of that goes and what uh, what comes of it. But that's what I know, that uh, the plan is that the, uh, the, the um, what, Mason, is that their name? Mason will be adopted out, but I, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. Anyways, so that was beautiful. That was really, really beautiful. Um uh, that's okay. Omi says, just someone make sure that she takes care of herself. We don't need her getting an infection. Yeah. Um, that's one of the most difficult parts of, um, living outside is staying clean. Um, I will say though, I have seen some terrible wounds, terrible wounds, burns, severe cuts, burns and severe cuts all at once. And it's amazing how these some of these people do not treat their wounds, and they just get better. Uh, oh, spider bites. I just saw a guy that had a spider bite. Damn, it looked bad. looked so bad. Uh, and then we have people that are on meth that start picking. I was talking to a friend. I was, I was looking at him, and he had like a, a knife, and he was just gouging into the side of his thumb. And it was blood everywhere, and it was just and he and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I got a hangnail. I'm like, oh. he's like, I gotta get it out. I'm like, dude, ah. So, but then those those heal. Um, we're always in need of more stuff for our first aid kit. So anybody that wants to donate to our first aid kit, that would be good. Omi says, I feel like outside people put their self-care at the bottom of the list, at least things we think of when we think of self-care. Yeah, they may have different priorities. Uh, they absolutely do have different priorities. Interestingly, the very few people, homeless people that I know, got the uh, any of the um, inoculations for coronavirus, and very few got coronavirus. And they would go to the hospital really sick, and uh, get checked, and they wouldn't have coronavirus. Now, uh, John Lott in our house did have coronavirus, and uh, but then I don't think anybody else got it. Nobody else got coronavirus. I don't know where John Lott got his coronavirus. He lives inside. It's probably where he got it, living inside. <laughs> I think there's really something to that. The living outside really minimized your access to getting coronavirus. Uh you know, they really kind of backed off on telling us to wash our hands all the time. And they were just like, it's an airborne illness. And, you know, outside, I would imagine it's hard for coronavirus to get where it wants to go. I would think. Literally, I feel as smart as the CDC on this stuff at this point. I don't feel like they know anything more than what I just said. I really don't. I feel like I could run the CDC with the knowledge I have. Seems so incompetent. They're just so terrible. What a terrible experience. I'm really disconcerted about our, our healthcare industry. I thought we were in good hands. We're not in good hands. It's terrifying out there. They don't know anything. These people don't know anything about anything. Uh, so, yeah. 
Good luck out there. <laughs> so, yeah. So, at any rate, um, got a new dumpster. Here, I'll, I'll show you my picture. Uh, Omi says, uh, humans still have survival instincts. We know the basics we need to survive. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Um, I Did I tell you this once? I, I did an interview with a, a surgeon, and he was like, you know, I see people come in to us that are so sick, so, so sick, and they just keep living. They just keep living and living and living and living. Uh, check it out. Here's our new dumpster. So uh, the city took away our dumpster because it was on city land. I wrote on Facebook, maybe you saw, that I, honest to God, did not know it was on city land. I went through all the channels because I believed it was on private land. It was not on private land. Uh, the city freaked out, yelled at everybody, and then took it a day earlier than they said they were going to take it. And uh, But now the benefit is I had a six-yard dumpster. Now I have an eight-yard dumpster, and it's over by a church. Uh, only one thing, the people wanted their dumpster over here. The dumpster people says it can't go over here because there's wires up here. So now I have to smooth this out. But ultimately, that's what I do. I get her done. I get this stuff done. Um, most of the trash I pick up is the trash for the uh, people that live in our tent village. Um, I would estimate there's about 20 people that live there right now. And I, my company, Sage Rock, actually pays for this dumpster. And uh, they're a sponsor for the, the dumpster. Uh, I will say this. I just put out, I'm going to be showing, uh, I'm going to, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I'll be talking more about this. But I just created this fancy flyer, okay? And I am actively looking for corporate sponsors. Our utilities and services cost about $1,500 a month. And uh, I'm looking for sponsors for uh, the electric, the gas, the water, the phone, and the internet. My company's trash. Uh, and I will build a compelling, exciting awareness program for you to be our sponsor in one of these areas. So if you know a company that would like to sponsor uh, our village that houses people that have been kicked out of all the other shelters, uh, have a dog, have a spouse, um, have anxiety where they feel like they just cannot live indoors with other people, um, I would love for you to be a corporate sponsor of our work. You can contact me anytime you uh, you want. You want. Uh, Omi says, uh, yeah, Omi says, nice dumpster. Thank you. I'm pretty excited. It's like brand new. It was so shiny and nice. I love dumpsters. I'm really in. I'm really into uh, cleaning trash. I love it. I love it. I love cleaning trash. It's almost sacred to me of finding trash, putting it, uh, and throwing it away. It's wonderful. And it's good exercise. Uh, Omi says, I feel like the city should be worried about, I don't know, maybe the shootings and saving homeless people in our communities. Yeah, I know. I know. Omi says, like, maybe they don't have to help homeless people, but maybe they could stop making it harder to help them. But who am I to know these things? Yeah, I, I believe that they think that I am not helping, that I am hurting the uh, by by sheltering humans. I am hurting them. I, honest to God, believe they believe that. And quite honestly, I don't care. I don't care uh, because you are wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Uh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, how did AARP get started? Okay. So uh, let's see. Who started? Okay. Um, AARP. Okay. I heard... This was, they found like a, what, what is it, A-R-R-P. Anyways, uh, the founder's purpose. I heard they, like, um, yeah, there it is. This is it. This is what I heard. This is what I heard. Check this out. Chicken coop story that led to A-R-R-P. 
Ethel Percy Andrus finds a former teacher living in poverty. The rest is history. Okay, check this out. Check this out. Dr. Ethel Percy Andrus uh, set out on a mission to improve the quality of life for all as they age. It all began one Saturday when Dr. Ethel Percy Andrus, can you read this? Sorry. Uh, received a telephone call from a shopkeeper 30 miles outside of Los Angeles. He had read in the newspaper that Dr. Andrus had been appointed to the California Retired Teachers Association Committee on Retired Teachers Welfare and asked if she could check up on an old woman in her, his neighborhood who needed food, eyeglasses, and teeth. He provided the woman's address. The rest of the, here's the rest of the story as told by Dr. Andrews herself. It was a cold, drizzly day in Los Angeles, like what, 55? As sometimes comes to Southern California. <laughs> Isn't that cute? And so I was more surprised and dismayed and a bit curious to learn that the lady of the house was away on an outing and that the house itself was a bungalow of ample proportions. As I sloshed back to my car, I was puzzled. The man who had phoned at some expense to himself didn't seem to like a likely one to play didn't seem like a likely one to play a practical joke on a stranger and so i crawled back from under the wheel and again interrupted the television program of the man next door in shocked surprise he assured me that the lady was not elderly and certainly not in need then just as he was dismissing me he recalled that there was an old woman who lived next door in back in the chicken house perhaps she was the one i sought I knocked on the sagging door of the windowless shed and this woman can tell a story. I knocked on the sagging door of the windowless shed and assured the answering voice that I had come that I had come to say howdy one teacher to another and I asked if I might not come in. I waited for the door to open and when it did my hostess slipped through and closed the door behind her, stockily built with short gray hair and an old coat much the worth Worse for both age and wear, a woman of weathered skin with sunken cheeks, but with the bluest and merriest of eyes. She looked me over, smiling at me, putting me at ease while she inquired my errand. Just a friendly visit, I said, and I told her my name. Curiously enough, she knew it. And more curiously, I recognized her when she told me and recalled her reputation as a Spanish teacher of some distinction. When I asked her if we might chat under cover out of the drizzle, she waved me to my car. And then she told me her story. Thriftily, she had saved enough money to buy an uh, on installments some uh, scenic acreage in Montrose, a charming section above Glendale. And then she planned to subdivide. And so, accepting her $40 a month teacher retirement, she started out on her second career. But alas, the Depression took away all opportunity for sale and devastating flood washed away the approaches of the property. She saw her high hopes disappear with her. There was no chance of reemployment. With the installments coming due, she lost the property. She still had her $40 a month to live on. And courageously, she decided to make that do. She dropped from her friend's sight and memory. Old age, or care, and something more. My, my mother in her 90s came. Oh, my God, this woman. Get to the point. <sighs> my friend. From my friend of the chicken shed. Oh, wait. Did we get one? Did we get it? Did I miss the chicken shed drop? Uh, meanwhile, old age, dependence, care. This and I wondered until then I knew about aging. From my father, I learned uh, one can see beauty, even darkness, my mother suggested. From my friend of the chicken shed, I learned the uh, inner strength in which she met hardship. Okay, anyway, she lived in a house for chickens? A chicken shed? Not even a chicken coop? Oh, my good Lord. Anyways, this woman was outraged that this woman was living in a chicken coop. Do you know what I would kill for a chicken coop like this woman? So, anyways, yeah. Uh, that woman started ARP because, you know, there was a woman living in a chicken shed. I thought it was a coop. It's just a shed. It's fine. What's she worried about? You know how many people I got in a, in a garage that leaks? Jesus Christ. Omi says, yes, yeah, Sage, your camp makes me want to leave my warm house and come live in your backyard in a tent. Look, what you need to do is learn more about the church of the nomadic spirit. Nomadicspirit.church. We need to free our minds, ladies and gentlemen. We're all children of nomads. Nomads. The nomadic creed is live and let live. You are welcome to live the way you choose to live. I just ask that you allow me to live the way I choose to live. Yeah! Become a member of the Church of the Nomadic Spirit, will you? Will you? Will you? All right, party people. I love you so much. I'm sorry I was... That uh, Russ Neal thing just makes me so mad. So mad. It's what they do to black people. That's a, It's a modern-day lynching. That's how they lynch guys now. They lynched him. I mean... 
That's how they did it. Oh, the white women are afraid of the black man. Well, it looks like we're going to have another lynching. They lynched him. Ask Dr. Gregory Harrison or Pastor Gregory Harrison. That's what he said. He said that was a modern-day lynching, what they did to Russ Neal. It makes me mad. Anyways, people, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for being with me, even though I am um, uh, angry and a problem. Uh, you're just nice. And thank you. I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.